This is the Essential Cruise Tip Show, making it fun and easy to discover, plan, and enjoy unforgettable cruise vacations with tips and advice from me, Gary Bembridge, host of the largest cruise blogger channel on YouTube. Let's get going with today's episode. Not one of the passengers I spoke to in the early days of my recent Norwegian Fjords cruise had any inkling that the days of us cruising there could be numbered. I'm Gary Bembridge, and every day on that cruise, I came across things about cruising the fjords that my fellow passengers have found were shocked, surprised, or even confused by. So I want to talk about those right here, right now. Norway has always been a very eco-focused country, but it's really changing things quite dramatically. Norway have decided that by 2025, they will only allow zero emission ships and ferries into UNESCO World Heritage listed fjords. So that includes places like Garanga Fjord and Naro Jurfjord. Even places like Flam are pushing back on eco grounds. They won't even allow LNG ships. It basically means that they'll need electric powered ships. Of course, there are none of those. There's also, by the way, a strong lobbying group called Cruise Not Welcome, and its members have been harassing cruisers over the last couple of seasons. They put up thousands of posters in Bergen that I saw this past season, but they've also been active in places like Flam, for example. Now, of course, there are many other fjords that are not UNESCO World Heritage listed, so it is possible that ships, of course, can still sail there. However, some of the most stunning and the most beautiful are the ones that are, not surprisingly, UNESCO listed and are going to be banned. So there is a real chance that cruising to the fjords will become so very different. This was a really big surprise I found and probably is an extremely good reason why you should consider going cruising to the fjords soon. One of the things I did find amusing is how many people were surprised that the Norwegian fjords were not like Alaska. It's not only geographically different, but I think many people expected an Alaska cruise and a fjords cruise to be kind of interchangeable. Now, I've done both recently. I went to Alaska in June and I went to the fjords again in September, and they are extremely different. Let me talk about some of the key differences that you need to expect. First of all, in the fjords, there are many places that you can call on, big and small, loads of places that can accommodate ships. In Alaska, it's much more restricted. So most of the major ships will call on three key ports, Juneau, Ketchikan, Skagway. They may also go to places like Whittier, to Sitka. However, in the fjords, there are a myriad of places. Even some of the tiniest places you can imagine take cruise ships. So you'll find that the itineraries are often a mixture of towns like Stavanger, Bergen, Olden and Flam, but you will also go into tiny little places like Garanga, while you still can, with about 250 residents. I went to Eidfjord, which has basically a couple of hundred residents. On a Norwegian fjords cruise, the scenery is constant because you're sailing deep within the fjords. Some are many hundreds of miles deep within the countryside. Whereas in Alaska, you're basically traveling by sea, coast to coast, from port to port. So scenery is much more constant in the fjords. It's around you almost all of the day and certainly well into the evening. A Norwegian cruise is not as wildlife focused. In Alaska, you're looking for eagles, bears, whales. Here, it is much more nature and scenery focused. You might see a couple of reindeer, but it's not so much about the wildlife. It's about the scenery, the huge cliffs, the magnificent forests, the waterfalls. 
It's also much less about glaciers. In all my trips that I've been on to the Norwegian fjords, the only time I've actually seen a glacier is when I went on a helicopter ride in Nordfjordide, and I saw it in the distance. It's possible, though, of course, to see summer glaciers in Norway. Uh, some people, for example, went on excursions on my most recent trip to the Brikstal Glacier. There's one, though, big key similarity to Alaska. Both are very beautiful. Many people ask me, should I do an Alaska or a Norwegian fjords cruise? The answer is both, because they are very, very different. The third thing I want to talk about, which is one of the most surprising things about doing a Norwegian fjords cruise, is how far inland the ships sail. Even the big ships I've been on, like to Skolden on the Queen Elizabeth, which was 135 miles inland, and recently on Disney Magic into Eidfjord, as I was mentioning, which is over 110 miles inland. There is a key difference between Norway and Alaska, because you don't tend to get any experience quite like this on Alaskan sailing. You don't go that far inland. One of the biggest confusions, which can turn into one of the biggest surprises around the Norwegian fjords, is linked to the weather and the magical northern lights. The weather in Norway is not great. Even in summer, it usually only gets between, say, 15 and 21 degrees Celsius. I guess that's about 60 to 70 degrees in the daytime Fahrenheit. It rains a lot, just like in Alaska. Now, what threw people is they hadn't really packed as if they would if they were going to a very variable climate. So heading into Norway, I basically pack the same as I do for Alaska, layers, layers, layers. So I make sure I also have a really good outer layer to cope with all of the rain, just as I do in Alaska. Now in the peak season, which runs from May to about September, in the fjords, it's light until very late. These are the months of what's called the midnight sun. So although a lot of people come to the fjords hoping to see the northern lights, they will not see them then because it's the wrong time of the year. It's too light. You can be out on deck at midnight and it's like the middle of the day. If you want to see the northern lights, cruise in the autumn and the winter months and head as far north as you can. It will be very cold. But November, December, January offer the greatest chance of seeing the northern lights in all their glory. Plus, of course, there's also awesome winter-related shore excursion options at that time. People on my cruise in September, towards the end of September, though, did actually get to see great views of the Northern Lights. Another thing that surprised people on my cruise was just how many options and permutations face you when they had been considering doing a Norwegian fjords cruise. It's a short season. Places can get really busy, prices can be high, and demand, of course, can be even higher because you can only really sail between May and September if you want to avoid snow boots and the cold, which of course most people want to do. So most cruises, by the way, tend to be packaged as seven-night sailings, and you have two key routes to choose from. The first are a mix of fjords and towns. It tends to be much more focused on the middle to southern part of Norway, and most of those will sail out of very easy to get to ports. They'll sail out of the UK, Germany, Holland, Denmark, or even Norway itself. This is the classic and the most popular one with the most amount of cruise line choice. The second option that you should consider is a more intense coastal trip that runs from Bergen in the south to Kirkenes in the north, heading into the Arctic Circle. There are very few lines that do this, but the most common is Hurtigruten, which has departures every single day. 
Now, my suggestion, if you're going for the first time, is to do the route that I mentioned first. But with this also comes a challenge because almost all cruise lines offer it. So you could go with the resort-type cruise lines like Royal Caribbean, MSC. You could go with more premium cruise lines like Princess, Celebrity, Pinot Cruises UK. Or you could go with smaller ship lines like Saga or Fred Olsen. Or you could even go with German or Italian lines like Aida or Costa. The choice is absolutely enormous when you go to the fjords. So it's really important to decide what kind of experience you want so you're not basically unpleasantly kind of surprised. So for example, I went on Cunard's Queen Elizabeth, which gave me a more enrichment-focused experience. There were lots of lectures and lots of talks, but when I went on Disney more recently, there was zero immersion. It was much more about the onboard Disney experience. Something that threw off a lot of people was excursions. They tend to be expensive and they sell out really quickly. However, one of the things I would say is it's very, very easy to find excursions and hop on hop off buses in every single port, even in the tiny ones. There are a myriad of options and they are much better value than the cruise line ones. So that's something to think about. Make sure though you do think about and plan excursions in most of the places that you visit. Some of the places are incredibly small. So if you step off in Skolden, for example, or you step off in Idafjord, there's pretty much nothing to do in the actual town. It's all about going further afield. So even if you do it through the cruise line or do it when you get off the ship in one of those easy to book things. Even in the bigger towns like Stavanger, there's not a lot to do in the town itself. Many of the excursions can, by the way, result in pretty long days because you are going further afield. And a lot of people overexerted themselves because they basically booked six, seven hour excursions every single day. They were exhausted. So pacing yourself is also very key when coming to the fjords. There are a few more excursion watch outs that I think though that you need to know about. First of all, Norwegians are very active. So they do tend to underplay the energy levels and the difficulty of excursions. So an excursion that may be billed as moderate, but it's often much, much harder than people expect. Keep this in mind, I kept hearing people talking about this. Next, a key thing that surprises people, and I've already mentioned it, but I'm gonna mention it again, is just how expensive many of these excursions are. So please make sure that you budget for it. One of the things that surprised and actually disappointed people on all of the trips I've been on revolved around souvenirs. People really want to come back from Norway with beautiful and authentic items. The souvenir shops are everywhere, but they're very tourist orientated. And in my view, they're packed with corny things, many of which are actually not even made in Norway. If you do want to bring back something from Norway that's unique and typically Norwegian, then look at the knitwear with the distinct Norwegian snowflake design. And of course, they have trolls everywhere. They're really popular. Always check on the label where they've been made. I would stress again that Norway is very expensive. The currency is the Norwegian krona, and because it's not the euro, the exchange rate is more complicated, I found. And I saw so many people got really easily confused about how much they're paying for items and souvenirs. So make sure you understand it. On the plus side, many of the souvenir shops will take euros, and some will take dollars or UK sterling, the one right at the cruise port. So that will help a little bit when you're thinking about that. If you found this interesting and want to get more cruise tips, go to my Tips for Travelers YouTube channel for weekly videos, 
weekly live stream cruise Q&As and quick 60 second cruise tips. There's a link in the show notes. But also, why not consider becoming a patron on Patreon to get additional patron exclusive videos, ebooks, and one-to-one cruising advice. Visit patreon.com slash tips for travelers where travelers are spelled the UK way with two L's. Links also in the show notes.